Hi, welcome to episode 38 of North Star Big Book. This is Carly, Recovered Alcoholic. I am at the bottom, nope, I'm on Two Wives on page 118, like in the middle. Um, We are on the part three of Two Wives, and then we're going to get into the family afterward. This is really important stuff back here, because after we learn about working with others, we're going to learn about how our alcoholism affects others and tools and identification that we can use as sponsors and as people in the world who will be affected by other alcoholics. So we just went over last week on the top of 118 about what to do in the middle of resentment or a fight with your spouse or significant other, and this is really helpful, or anybody. Um, The 10 step is the hardest to do in the middle of something. I shared that I've done it three times successfully in the middle of an argument, And I usually put the T sign up, like time out, and then I need to go um, do an inventory. And usually I need to make amends for my tone or how I was not listening. So on the first, the second paragraph says, your husband knows, I underlined, he owes you more than sobriety. And I put a star right there to remind myself, I owe way more than just being sober. That's another reminder that they alluded to from a number of chapters ago when they said that, Anyone who says sobriety is enough is unthinking. He wants to make good, yet you must not expect too much. His ways of thinking and doing are the habits of years. I underline the next three sentences. Patience, tolerance, understanding, and love are the watchwords. Show him these things in yourself, and they will be reflected back to you from him. Live and let live is the rule. So that's how I want to behave. These are principles I can use. If you both show a willingness to remedy your own defects, there will be little need to criticize each other. So work on my grass. Don't talk about his grass. Work on my grass. Make my grass clean. Water it. Fertilize it. Cut it. Don't worry about theirs. We women carry with us a picture of the ideal man, the sort of chap we would like our husbands to be. It is the most natural thing in the world, once his liquor problem is solved, to feel that he will now measure up to that cherished vision. The chances are he will not, for like yourself, he is just beginning his development. And they're also reminding me, I need to be be beginning my spiritual development. And I underlined, be patient, which is my number one hardest character defect. Another feeling we are like very likely to entertain is one of resentment that love and loyalty could not cure our husbands of alcoholism. So this even happens. So the person gets better because they're doing the steps, and then the person who loved them and couldn't get them better because no human power can help you gets resentful, and they feel like, how come they could do it? And then sometimes um, the family or loved one gets resentful at AA because we're spending so much time with AA. I bracketed the rest of the paragraph, and I wrote on the side, implementing steps. Implementing steps. Don't know how to use them yet, but just beginning. Implementing steps. Don't know how to use them yet, but just beginning. So we just start to learn how to inventory in 4 through 9. We start to do it in 10 and 11, and we feel like we're totally lost. And it takes about a month of really doing them every single day, 10 and 11, till you start to not feel like so awkward. Um, I've been daily doing 10 and 11 for the last six and a half years every single day I've not missed one day and I now in the last year in my dreams when I'm resentful or afraid about something I do a 10 step in my dreams which I think is kind of crazy and silly um so it says we do not like the thought that I underline the contents of a book 
which is a reminder that the book has the information we need. I underlined, or the work of another alcoholic, which is a reminder that an alcoholic can affect another alcoholic as no non-alcoholic can, has accomplished, and I circled, in a few weeks, that for which we struggle for years. So in a few weeks, with the book and an alcoholic who's recovered, we can accomplish what no one else could. At such moments, we forget that alcoholism is an illness over which we could not possibly have had any power because of the first step. Your husband will be the first to say it was your devotion and care which brought him to the point where he could have a spiritual experience. Without you, he would have gone to pieces long ago. I underline the next sentence. When resentful thoughts come, try to pause and count your blessings. And I wrote next to that, do a tenth step. Just being grateful is important, but if I don't do an inventory, if the feeling keeps coming up, then it's not going to go away. After all, your family is reunited, alcohol is no longer a problem, and you and your husband are working together toward an undreamed of future. Still, another difficulty is that you may become jealous of the attention he bestows on other people, especially alcoholics. You have been starving for his companionship, yet he spends long hours helping other men and their families. You feel he should now be yours. I underline the next sentence. The fact is that he should work with other people to maintain his own sobriety. So that's a fact. And that never changes. So there's not um, a graduation ceremony in AA where you no longer do the work and no longer need to show up. Sometimes he'll be so interested that he becomes really neglectful. Your house is filled with strangers. Up, oh, my inner soul is telling me I need to tell you a story. So... Um, there is a man that I knew through one of my kids because our kids play together and he came to pick up his son and we both realized that we were sober in AA together, not together. We were both sober in AA and I asked him how many years he had and he said he just celebrated 29 and I said, wow, that's amazing. You must've got sober young. Um, and he said, yes. And I said, what meetings do you go to? And he says, I don't go to meetings anymore. And I said, oh. Um, and I couldn't say anything else because I don't believe that it's my place to say something else. Um, we didn't know each other like that. But what I was thinking was how unbelievably selfish of you that you're 29 years sober and you don't go to meetings anymore. And he kind of made it seem like I'm doing great. I have kids. I have a wife. I'm a successful business owner. I don't need to go anymore. And that idea that it has anything to do with you and what you need is so selfish. Um, so I had to do an inventory about that when he left. Um, it says, <clears throat> sometimes he'll be so interested that he becomes really neglectful. Your house is filled with strangers. You may not like some of them. He gets stirred up about their troubles, but not at all about yours. It will do little good if you point that out and urge more attention for yourself. I underlined, we find it a real mistake to dampen his enthusiasm for alcoholic work. You should join in his efforts as much as you possibly can. We suggest that you direct some of your friends, some of your thoughts to the wives of his new alcoholic friends. They need the counsel and love of a woman who has gone through what you have. And just um, from my experience, I... I went to this place when I first got sober where I was just 10 meetings a week, constantly in AA, constantly with AA people and neglecting my family and leaving family dinners to go to AA. And obviously that needed to find some balance. But in the beginning, I think it was okay. Like I think in the beginning I needed to immerse myself in that world because I didn't know what I was doing. And luckily my family was sober, so they left me alone and didn't make me feel bad about it. Um, but today, I, that's not a reality of my life. I have balance. I go to way less meetings. I work with way more people. 
um, with my family um, whenever I can be, but there's a price that has to be paid either way. It says, it is probably true that you and your husband have been living too much alone for drinking many times isolates the wife of an alcoholic or anybody. You can replace wife with anybody, child, parent, sister, brother, best friend. Therefore, you probably need fresh interest in in a great cause to live for as much as your husband. And I underline and starred this next sentence. If you cooperate rather than complain, you will find that his excess enthusiasm will tone down. And they say this idea, this principle, over and over and over and over again. If you cooperate rather than complain, if you cooperate rather than criticize. Basically, they're just saying behave, which is what one of my sponsors tells me to do all the time, behave. Both of you will awaken to a new, on the top of 120, I underline the rest of the paragraph, sense of responsibility for others. I put a star next to this next sentence. You, as well as your husband, ought to think of what you can put into life instead of how much you can take out. So it's always about giving, not taking. Inevitably, your lives will be fuller for doing so. You will lose the old life to find one much better. So this is all about change. Perhaps your husband will make a fair start on the new basis but just as things are going beautifully, he dismays you by coming home drunk. If you are satisfied he really wants to get over drinking, you need not be alarmed. I underline the rest of the paragraph. Though it is infinitely better that he have no relapse at all, as has been true with many of our men, it is by no means a bad thing in some cases. Your husband will see at once that he must redouble his spiritual activities, and I triple underline that. It's not his meeting schedule. It's his spiritual activities, which means the inventory process, the work, the meditation, all of that. If he expects to survive, and I circled that word survive because they're, they're telling you right there, that's my promise. I got to redouble my spiritual activities if I want to survive, which means to me today, I don't need to relapse today. I can just redouble my spiritual activities when I feel like I'm getting disconnected. I underlined, you need not remind him of a spiritual deficiency. He will know of it. Cheer him up and ask him how you can be still more helpful. The slightest sign of fear or intolerance may lessen your husband's chance of recovery. In a weak moment, he may take your dislike of his high-stepping friends as one of those insanely trivial excuses to drink, which is completely ridiculous. No one can make anyone else drink, just like we can't get anyone sober. But underline the next sentence. We never, never try to arrange a man's life so as to shield him from temptation. The slightest disposition on your part to guide his appointments or his affairs so he will not be tempted will be noticed. Make him feel absolutely free to come and go as he likes. This is important. If he gets drunk, don't blame yourself. God has either removed your husband's liquor problem or he has not. And I wrote next to that because of the steps. It's not like God likes one of us more than the other. God will remove the mental obsession when I put in the effort in the steps. If not, it had better be found out right away. And then if that's the case, we need to do the steps. Then you and your husband can get right down to fundamentals, which are the steps. If a repetition is prevented, I underlined the rest of the sentence. Place the problem along with everything else in God's hands. And that's just a reminder for me that God still is able to help me with all my problems. On the top of 121, we realize that we have been giving you much direction and advice. We may have seemed to lecture that if that is so, we are sorry, for we ourselves don't always care for people who lecture us. I underline the next sentence, but what we have related is based upon experience, some of it painful. We had to learn these things the hard way. That is why we are anxious that you understand and that you avoid these unnecessary difficulties. So to you out there who may soon be with us, we say good luck and God bless you. Round 122, the family afterward, at the top of the, pair of the page, I wrote just this one little sentence, dealing with most important amends, dealing with most important amends, amends at home. This is the hardest place to work the program. 
and it's the most important. The family afterwards. So when I, we're talking about the family, we're talking about anyone in our life who is affected by their alcoholism. So that's my parents. So they were the most affected by my active alcoholism. It's my children who were not alive when I was active alcoholism, but are alive because of sobriety and depend on my spiritual condition. My husband who chose to be with a, a recovered alcoholic and anyone around me, my employer, my employee, people that I work with, my sponsees, my friends, the school system, all of it. It says, our women folk have suggested certain attitudes a wife may take with the husband who is recovering. Perhaps they created the impression, and we're talking about someone who's brand new. Perhaps they created the impression that he is to be wrapped in cotton wool and placed on a pedestal. Successful readjustment means the opposite. I underline the next sentence. All members of the family should meet upon the common ground of tolerance, understanding, and love. I wrote on the side how to behave. Like this is just like a general how to behave in the universe. I need to be tolerant, understanding, and loving. I can't force someone to meet me there, so I have to bring it first. That's also something I found in my sobriety in one of my sponsors. Both of my sponsors can relate to this, which is that in the relationships that we're in, we're usually the ones who get to be the first one to extend the bridge, to make the amends, to make it right, even if both of us were wrong. And that's because of the program that we live. And it's not always fun, and we don't normally want to be that one always, but it's our opportunity and obligation. This involves a process of deflation, which is just what I was talking about. The alcoholic, his wife, his children, his in-laws, each one is likely to have fixed ideas about the family's attitude towards himself or herself. Each is interested in having his or her wishes respected. I underline the rest of the paragraph. We find, and this is so important, the more one member of the family demands that the others concede to him, the more resentful they become. So the more I demand that someone concedes to my, to my needs and to what I want, the more resentful that the person I'm demanding is going to become. Basically, me demanding things never, ever works that well. This makes for discord and unhappiness. And I wrote on the side, no more running the show. No more running the show, including at home. No more demanding. It doesn't work in any relationship I've ever had. And why? Is it not because each wants to play the lead? Is not each trying to arrange the family show to his liking? And remember, this sounds like what they were talking about in the, you know, the early 60s pages where we're talking about being that actor that wants to run the whole show. Is he not unconsciously trying to see what he can take from the family life rather than give? I underline the word give. Um, I love my family. We have a wild and crazy loud family. A lot of us are in sobriety. Um, we don't all share our sobriety stuff with each other, but we do a family reunion once a year, and I um, find them to be extremely challenging because there's a lot of personalities there. And whenever I'm on them, my goal is usually to help out and clean up and do whatever I can to be busy because I do better when I'm giving my service. Um, I just do better basically when my mouth is shut. So it says... Um, cessation of drinking is but the first step away from, I underline in red, a highly strained abnormal condition. So even though we're already on chapter nine, we're going to come back to that idea of what our alcoholism is. It's a highly strained abnormal condition. Our doctor said to us, I underline all this in red, years of living with an alcoholic is almost sure to make any wife or child neurotic. And then I underline in red, the entire family is to some extent ill. And that's my experience too. Um, 
I, my parents got sober when I was 13, which meant I grew up in an alcoholic home for my first 13 years. So by the time I was 13, I had already started drinking and using. I had already been suicidal since I was nine. I already understood um, active alcoholism and the disease of our family didn't get better overnight. As you know, Alcoholics Anonymous is great, but nothing is a miracle. And um, it took years for our family to find, um, to become recovered. And my parents were very busy working on their own sobriety and showing up for us and being there. And by the time they really were able to be present, I was already active alcoholism myself. And so it took, it took until, I mean, I, I got the benefits of my parents' sobriety because they were awesome parents when they got sober, but it took until years after I got sober for all of us to start to really heal. Um, I remember I was about two years sober and I was driving the car with my dad and he looked at me and he said, you're not as, you're not sick anymore. Um, and I, I can imagine that my parents spent a lot of late nights when the phone would ring, they would immediately think something happened to Carly. Um, and now when the phone rings late at night, they think something happened to one of their grandkids and their immediate thought I'm guessing is not about me and alcoholism or suicide, which is a huge gift. It says, let families realize as they start their journey that I underlined all will not be fair weather. So here's the promise again. They're promising me that it's going to be hard. Each in his turn may be foot sore and may straggle. On the top of 123, there will be alluring shortcuts. I underlined alluring shortcuts, and on the top of the page, I wrote, not doing the work I need to do to stay spiritually fit. Not doing the work I need to do to stay spiritually fit. So the alluring shortcut is skipping the work, is skimping on the work, is, uh, I'm not going to send that inventory. Uh, forget it. I'll just do it in my head. Um, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't have time to meditate. I'll do it on the way to work. Um, and those alluring shortcuts is me not doing the work. And they're alluring because we're busy and our life gets full because you stay sober and it gets full and beautiful. And we don't make time for what got us sober. So the alluring shortcuts and bypaths down which they may wander and lose their way. So that's the deal. We can we wander and lose our way. God doesn't leave us. I underlined the next sentence. Suppose we tell you some of the obstacles a family will meet. I underlined how they may be avoided, even converted to good use for others. Above that, I wrote, they do. So they're going to tell us the obstacles a family will meet, and they're going to tell us how they can be either avoided or when we meet them, we can convert them to good use for others. And I put a star there. The family of an alcoholic longs for the return of happiness and security. They remember when father was, I underlined, romantic, thoughtful, and successful. And I wrote next to that how to behave. So that's how we want to behave in our life. Romantic, thoughtful, and successful. Today's life is measured against that of other years. And when it falls short, the family may be unhappy. This next paragraph I bracketed and I wrote on the side 9-11. Like the 9-11... Twin Towers. So I wrote 9-11 Twin Towers. And then I wrote, keep cleaning away the wreck. Keep clearing away the wreck. And then I wrote underneath that 4 through 9. So I've got 9-11 Twin Towers, then keep clearing away the wreck. And then I wrote numbers 4 through 9, steps 4 through 9. And then I wrote, and continue in 10 and 11. So I, and I'm going to explain this. So but just one more time. 9-11 Twin Towers, keep clearing away the wreck. And I wrote 4 through 9. And then I wrote, and continue in 10 and 11. 
Family confidence in dad is rising high. The good old days will soon be back, they think. Sometimes they demand that dad bring them back instantly. God, they believe, almost owes this recompense on a long overdue account. And I underline the rest of the paragraph. But the head of the house has spent years, and I double underline the word years, in pulling down the structures of business, romance, friendship, health. These things are now ruined or damaged. And I double underlined and circled, it will take time to clear away the wreck. Though old buildings will eventually be replaced by finer ones, the new structures will take, I double underline, years to complete. And next to the word complete, I wrote building a spiritual structure. Building a spiritual structure. And the reason why I talk about 9-11 is that I remember, you know, if you're listening to this and you remember watching on the news there was so much destruction and it was so incomprehensible about the destruction and how much needed to be taken away and how there were still parts of buildings that were standing even though they crumbled and there was a mess everywhere that needed to to be removed and that's how I got to sobriety to AA I came in my building had fallen down it was I was near death and not only did I need help to stay alive, but we had to remove so much of the junk, clear it all away, then get to a place where there's nothing there, and then be okay with the nothing, and then start building something new. And I love that because I'm a visual person, and I remember how long that process took. Father knows he is to blame. It may take him many seasons of hard work to be restored financially, but he shouldn't be reproached. Perhaps he will never have much money again, but the wise family will admire him, I underlined, for what he is trying to be rather than what he is trying to get. And that's what I want to focus on. Instead of thinking about what am I going to be getting, I need to think about what am I going to be. What kind of mother, partner, sister, daughter, friend, sponsor, employee, citizen do I want to be rather than what do I want to own or get now and then the family will be plagued by specters from the past for the drinking career of almost every alcoholic has been marked by escapades funny humiliating shameful or tragic the first impulse will be to bury these skeletons in a dark closet and padlock the door the family may be possessed by the idea that future happiness top of 124 can be based upon only only upon forgetfulness of the past. The first 100 members say, we think that such a view is self-centered and in direct conflict with the new way of living. So they're basically saying, you cannot forget your past. We need to inventory it, identify it, share it, clean it up, but we don't pretend it didn't happen because we need it to be able to help other people. I wrote um, on the side or on the top or wherever, we became free of these in four through nine. So we take the stinger out in four through nine. We identify it. We see the whole picture. But we don't burn the inventory. We don't throw it in the river. We want to still own them because what happened and what we did and what we experienced and all of that is what God is going to be using to help other people. I am not of the belief that believes that God does the things that all the things that happen in the universe because I just don't believe in that kind of a God. But I do believe in a God that's like the master reuser, recycler, repurposer. Like God's like green. And God takes anything that I've walked through and uses the hard, miserable, painful stuff to help other people. I can't tell you how many women 
come to me that have eating problems and eating disorders or, you know, parent stuff or needing approval from their mom or, you know, now divorce stuff or parenting things and all the things that I've struggled for and struggled through, I get people to um, pass them on to. Henry Ford once made a wise remark, and I bracketed the next paragraph, the whole paragraph, this one that I'm reading. Actually bracketed that little that little paragraph and then the next big one all together, and I wrote converting liabilities into assets. Converting liabilities into assets. And then I wrote um, converting liabilities into assets, and I'm going to underline this first paragraph. I'm going to underline all of this. Experience is a thing of supreme value in life. This is true only, and I circled the word if... One is willing to turn the past to good account. We grow by our willingness, I underlined again, to face and rectify errors. I wrote next to that four through nine. And convert them into assets. Circle the word assets. So I only will grow as long as I face and rectify in four through nine and then use those to help others. So I have to use my past to help somebody else. I... I use a lot of my mistakes in AA to help other people. I tell all my stories about, you know, how horribly I did the ninth step of men's when I didn't want to listen and I wanted to see my old boyfriends and how a lot of the choices I made when I wasn't sponsoring the way that I sponsor today, when I wasn't being sponsored that way, like all of that stuff I share. We don't need to be embarrassed of any of it. It's all going to help somebody. It says, the, I underline, the alcoholic's past thus becomes the principal asset of the family, and frequently it is almost the only one. The next paragraph is also bracketed, and it says, I underline, this painful past may be of infinite value to other families still struggling with their problems. So again, the embarrassing, painful stuff I've gone through and still go through with my families, whether it's my parents and myself and, and siblings and that family, or my children and that family, or my ex and that family, or my husband and his family, I use all of our stuff to help other people. We think each family which has been relieved owes something to those who have not. And when the occasion requires, each member of it should be only too willing to bring former mistakes, no matter how grievous, out of their hiding places. And then it says, showing others who suffer how we were given help is the very thing which makes life seem so worthwhile to us now. I underline, cling to the thought that in God's hands, I like triple underline God's hands, the dark past is, and I circle, the greatest possession you have, which is awesome. So my dark past, the book says, is the greatest possession I have. I underline the key to life and happiness for others. I underlined with it, you can avert death and misery for them. And I wrote on the side responsibility. So that's my responsibility. Okay, so it says, it is possible to dig up past misdeeds so they become a blight, a veritable plague. For example, we know of situations in which the alcoholic or his wife have had love affairs. In the first flush of a spiritual experience, they forgave each other and drew closer together. The miracle of reconciliation was at hand. Then under one provocation or another, the grieved one would unearth the old affair and angrily cast its ashes about. A few of us have had these growing pains and they hurt a great deal. On the top of the page, I wrote, use past properly, unselfishly. Use past properly, unselfishly. <laughs> my husband just hurt his foot. Sorry. I'm, I'm a, I have a problem. I laugh when people get hurt. Woo, sorry. Use past properly, unselfishly. And it says, can't hurt others to make a point. 
So in one of my favorite books that I read with my children called Wonder, one of the precepts is when you have to choose between being kind and being right, choose kind. And that is so hard. And I have a child that that is really hard for. He likes to be right more than he likes to be kind. And I have to remind him of that all the time. Okay, so it says, husbands and wives have sometimes been obliged to separate for a time until a new perspective, new victory over hurt pride could be rewound. So they're talking about torn apart homes and how do you deal with this. In most cases, the alcoholics survive this ordeal without relapse, but not always. I underline. So, this is the first 100 men and women's experience. We think that unless some good and useful purpose is to be served, past occurrences should not be discussed. And I wrote on the side, first 100's experience. We families of Alcoholics Anonymous keep few skeletons in the closet. Everyone knows about the other's alcoholic troubles. This is a condition which in ordinary life would produce untold grief. There might be scandalous gossip, laughter at the expense of other people, and a tendency to take advantage of intimate information. Among us, these are rare occurrences. I underline the the next sentence. We do talk about each other a great deal, but we almost invariably talk temper such talk by a spirit of love and tolerance. And I wrote in big letters the word gossip, and I pointed up to that sentence. And then next to that word gossip, I made another arrow down to the next sentence, because we're going to be talking about it right now. So I underline the next sentence. Another principle we observe carefully is that we do not relate intimate experiences of another person unless we are sure he would approve. So that's about gossip, and the one before that's about gossip. I underline, we find it better when possible to stick to our own stories. And I wrote on the side, not spiritually fit when gossiping. Not spiritually fit when gossiping. We're going to finish right now. Um, I used to gossip in sobriety about other people in sobriety, and it was yucky and it felt yucky. And I really wanted to let go of that character defect. And so what I did, this is before there were like cell phones and iPhones and all that. Um, there was no like internet i know this sounds crazy um there was an internet there just wasn't the ability to access it like we can now so i ordered in touch um which was like a celebrity gross magazine and i ordered it for like three years Uh, every year i would order it again and i gossiped about celebrities because i still needed to gossip but i wanted to gossip about people that i wasn't going to harm by talking about them so i read everything i could about celebrities and i knew everything i could about their crazy lives from the gossip magazines and eventually I became uninterested in that information but it got me through to the other side where I no longer gossiped about people um it's a, I just want to finish this paragraph. A man may criticize or laugh at himself and it will affect others favorably but criticism or ridicule coming from another often produces the contrary effect. Members of a family should watch such matters carefully, for one careless, inconsiderate remark has been known to raise the very devil. We alcoholics are sensitive people. It takes some of us a long time to outgrow that serious handicap. I wrote next to that, real defect. So being overly sensitive is a real defect. And I wrote, can lead to obsession. Can lead to obsession. We're going to finish here on the way bottom. We're going to come back next week. Have an amazing week. It's totally up to you. Thank you.